today is comedian, author, and now podcaster, Kate Casey. I am so excited to share our fun and often very honest interview uh, that's going to be coming up in just a minute. But first, I want to welcome a new sponsor to the show. It's Olin Organic. Trends, and they are also moms. They realized they knew more about where their wine and food were coming from rather than the clothes they're putting on their children. So they decided to start Olin Organic. They use 100% certified organic cotton, which is so much better for the baby and the environment. Here's what's great about these clothes. They are free of bleach, silicone, formaldehyde, plastic inks, and chemical flame retardants. All of those are traditionally found in children's clothing. Quite honestly, the more I read about it and the more I find out, the more important it is to me that I want to put something on her body, not just in her body. You know, we worry so much about what we feed them, but something on her body that's also going to be good for her. That's why I was so excited to get her in a pair of the Olin Organics jammies. And also their their designs, you guys, are just so adorable. They're very modern. They're unisex designs that are very playful and stylish, but not babyish. I want to give you guys a chance to get a discount. When you go to their website, olinorganic.com, order your kids in sustainable, stylish clothes. Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Another amazing week. I certainly have. I'm finally uh, sobering up because it's my birthday week, or it was my birthday week. If you do not follow me on social media, you've missed the obnoxious barrage of posts that I've been doing about uh, turning 40. That's right, the big 4-0. I'm officially in a different category in life. Um, but I, uh, have been, my husband as awesome as he is, has been keeping me super busy with, uh, traveling to Vegas with, uh, my mom came in town this past week and we went out and had a great time with her, did lots of traveling. We went to Palm Springs, saw Elvis's hideaway. Oh, Elvis's honeymoon hideaway. That's what it is. My mom is a huge Elvis fan. Uh, and so sort of by proxy, I guess I am by him too. I, uh, I've always loved Elvis. My mom likes to tell the story about how she was pregnant with me when, uh, she saw Elvis in one of his last concerts. So, uh, I guess I've been a fan for a long time, but anyway, so we hung out with my mom and then we had a big party in Hollywood like you do. And, uh, for on Friday night and my husband surprised me with a roast and, I just, <laughs> my friends are mean. Um, I'm going to say that right now. They got up uh, and I had no idea this was going on. Okay. I'm just there enjoying drinks. We have this great place called Bar Covell in Hollywood. If you've never been there, it's adorable. So much fun. And they have a little sidebar there. It's like a little hidden bar that's um, attached to the bar. You enter through a bookcase and we're there like hanging out, you know, drinking, whatever. <clears throat> 
And then they, my friend gets up on the microphone and he's like, Heather, can you please come up here? And I'm like, what is going on? Anyway, so they start um, roasting me, essentially, which basically gives them license to say mean things to me <laughs> and about me, <laughs> which honestly, if anybody knows me, I can, you know, I can take it. Like, if, I feel like if you can dish it out, which I do regularly, then you should be able to take it, right? Like, if you're one of those sensitive mampy pampy people who gets their feelings hurt a lot, you should probably not be at a roast or... <laughs> or anywhere near roast. Um, anyway, it was just a lovely night. It was so much fun. And I'm so grateful to Chris and everybody who helped put everything together. So now I can stop, uh, bumming you out with my, um, my woe is me. This is 40 kind of posts, right? Uh, I've been auditioning uh, a lot as well in the past week and, uh, trying to keep up with that schedule still not getting anything. Uh, I don't know. My manager seems to think it's a mindset. She thinks that because I'm so focused on my podcast and my website and all of these other projects I'm working on, that I'm now no longer focused on my auditions. And I don't know that I necessarily agree with that because I feel like every audition I get, I'm just as focused. I still learn my lines. I still make my choices as an actor. I still go into the room, you know, ready to ready to audition. But she says that it's like a mindset and that the casting directors can pick up on it and that sort of thing. So I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I believe in that. I know I haven't, you know, booked a TV show. Well, I booked one in September that just aired. Oh, that's right. So I was on um, FX's You're the Worst. Uh, that episode aired this week, my birthday week too, which was a really nice birthday surprise. It was a very small part. If you're a fan of FX shows at all, You're the Worst is really great. Another one of those shows where you can't be easily offended because <laughs> they're very blunt and brutal. But um, yeah, I was on uh, I was on FX's You're the Worst. So if you get a chance to watch that and tweet at FX and tweet at the creators of that show, tell them, hey, we'd like to see that teacher a little more. She was pretty amazing. Uh, that was the character I played a teacher. So so yeah, it's been a good actor week. I, I think my mind is still in the game, but maybe it's not. I don't know. I find that this podcast and this website have been distracting me a lot and... In one hand, on one hand, it's good. I'm enjoying the process and challenging myself to do other things. And on the other hand, I sort of feel like I still, you know, I'm still an actor. I still want to be auditioning and acting. And so, yeah, that's where I'm at, guys. That was my little event, random tangent, vent, whatever. Um, Thanksgiving is coming up. I'm not cooking this year. I don't know if you're cooking. What are you doing? Are you making a big to-do at your house? Uh, I'm not. I have to work. Uh, at the news station. So we're just going to go out to dinner this year and keep it kind of mellow. That way I don't go by Chris and then leave him with a house full of dirty dishes and our three-year-old, you know, like see a sucker. Uh, so we're just going to go out to eat this year and which is to me is still just as fun because it's all about being with your family, right? It's not necessarily about the food, although that is a good part of it. Um, so I hope whatever you're doing for Thanksgiving is awesome. Let me know. Tweet at me at MIH podcast and at Heather Brooker. 
Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram so you can keep track of all of my shenanigans in Hollywood and on Facebook where I also post wacky and inappropriate things. Yay! I want to give a couple shout outs really quickly to some new followers on Twitter. Uh, Denise Landis at The Cook's Cook. Thank you for following me over there. MacGyvering Mom 22. That is a fun screen name and handle. Also, uh, Hillary Jones is a photographer here in LA. He gives me a lot of love on the social media. And Stephanie Sherman. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to find me. And uh, I appreciate you more than you know. If you would, please, if you're listening to the show for the first time, hi, welcome. I'm super rambly and inappropriate. And uh, if you would, leave me a review on iTunes. Just take a moment. Give a little review how much you love the show and how skinny and pretty you think I am. That's all. That's all. No pressure. Just uh, just do that. <laughs> uh, okay, so now I need to go drink some more of my coffee. and a mom she's a very popular blog called love and knuckles which is so funny she says the things that we're thinking which i appreciate i definitely uh, am into that as well and she has a new podcast called reality life which i was a guest on a few weeks ago so make sure you check out that episode here is my interview with kate casey This with four kids, a podcast, a book. Um. So I I tape on Tuesdays. So after I drop my daughter off 25 minutes away from my house, mm-hmm. because I'm an idiot and that's what I do, <laughs> um, I drive straight to LA and then I'll tape until 12 and then I'll come back home and pick the one, um, the oldest one up. So, and then I try to write later that night. But the rest of the week I write um, in the morning while they're at school. And then I also write at night, but I'm also like, I'm, I'm always checking messages, which was, it's fine because that was the way it was. It's basically the same schedule I kind of had as with my clients. Um, not the same schedule, but the same sort of dynamic where I'm answering emails all the time. So I've just replaced answering emails with answering emails, answering, you know, tweets and, you know, con- doing all my own booking for my show. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's pretty fast paced, but I had a fast life paced life before. So it's, it's not that much different. When do you when do you do your writing? You said in the morning sometimes or sometimes at night, because that's when I struggle with finding time to write constantly. Uh, morning and night I'm, I'm, I'm best, but I'm, I mean, I'll take my laptop everywhere. I'll write in the car if I'm, you know, waiting to pick somebody up. Mm. So kind of just depends. I'm like, I'm always writing. See, that's the, that's the key that I've noticed with really good writers and prolific writers is that they are always writing. And for me, I found that I'm always like thinking about writing. (laughs) Yeah. Rather, rather than actually do, I'm like, oh, this will be good. I should write this down, or oh, this will be a great blog post. I need to write this down, and then I invariably get distracted by emails or Instagram, and you know, and that sort of thing. No, that happens. Um, tell me about your. Let's talk about your podcast. Let's talk about reality life. Why, where did this love of reality TV come from? Um. Okay, let's go. All right, it began in. I don't, I guess high, no, before high school, I even think middle school real world aired 24 years ago. So yeah, mm-hmm. I was young. I remember watching real world, New York, the first season and just being captured. 
and I would watch marathons over the weekend and I would just not want to leave my television. Um, I always loved television. I had a, like my, my mom would just put us in front of the TV all the time. So I watched general hospital when it was totally not appropriate. Like I remember the Luke and Laura rape storyline. I oh, mean, God, <laughs> yeah, probably not great, but, uh, I just always loved television, love movies. So, uh, the real world aired and I was captivated and then I just continued watching it and I always dreamt of being on real world, but I just didn't feel like I had a hot tub, hot tub <laughs> body, which I always say, cause you have to be like crack skinny and, mm-hmm. um, and loosey goosey. Yeah. And I went to an Irish Catholic college. So everybody drank. So I was like a doughy girl because <laughs> I wasn't going to stop drinking beer. But I always knew, like, I I just knew somehow I would end up doing something that had to do with those kind of shows. So, and then I I obviously loved all the shows that popped up around the beginning of Real Housewives of Orange County. Was I remember that being a time where a lot of shows popped up, mm-hmm. and I just loved watching them. And I loved commenting, and then I had a friend that really encouraged me to write. Uh, recaps of the shows. So I began doing that and I put them on my blog and then they're kind of like, they got bigger and bigger. I got more followers and then I started writing about it, you know, commenting on Twitter and that kind of became a bigger thing. So the comedian Heather McDonald started reading my recaps and then she invited me to come on her podcast and give commentary on real housewives and we became great friends. And then I started doing stand up with her and then she helped me get a podcast. So it's kind of been like a slow and steady process. But um, yeah, it's been really so, fun. So you have been doing stand up only relatively recently then? Or is that something about you've been year. doing? Yeah, about a bit. Well, since February. Oh, wow. Uh, it's bizarre. It's really just exploded, which is really fun. And how do you like it? Because it's a totally different beast than uh... I absolutely live for it. Like it's, it's weird. I remember the first time I did it, I just thought, why did I wait so long to do this? I feel like I've never been more calm in my life. Just going to a Zen place, but I've always really loved being in front of people. Mm-hmm. I, I remember in college, I got this opportunity to speak at the democratic caucus and introduce uh, president Clinton, vice president Gore. That's cool. And I went up and I opened with a joke that I just made up on the spot. Mm-hmm. And I, it was on C-SPAN and I remember looking at the back and Sam Donaldson was like cackled over laughing. <laughs> and, like Ted Kennedy was laughing and my mother, who's like a super Democrat, was crying in the front row. It was just a funny experience, but I just remember feeling like this ain't no big thing. Like right, right. it was really, I just, I really like to be in front of people. So it doesn't, didn't really seem like that big of a deal. Um, and so you really- got the rush that a lot of comedians talk about or the, the, that feeling of like your happy place that a lot of comedians talk about when they get up on stage. Yeah. It's like my, you got sweet, bit by the bug, my sweet plate. Yeah. My sweet spot, my safe place. Oh, yeah. Um, I only recently started doing stand up too, like within the last, well, I started it actually before I got pregnant. And, um, then I was like, uh, I can't be pregnant and crack jokes, which was a huge mistake. I actually, right. sh- I should have kept doing it while I was pregnant. Um, and my, might've had some, you know, better material, but I kind of quit and backed off for a little while. And then I've only recently, like in the last year myself started picking it up again and trying to, 
um, find my voice and whatnot. And that for me is the hardest part is because I really enjoy it too. And, and everybody's been all my whole life is like, Oh, you're so funny. You should do stand up." And I just always think, Oh, nobody wants to hear me tell jokes. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. No, I know. I, it, well, you just like, I just psych myself out, you know, you get into a headspace where I'm like, ah, uh, and I also have so many plates that are spinning in the air right now that I try to go down. I, I live by flappers here and, in uh, the valley so I'm like and I try to go down there every now and then but it's so I'm always like nah no one's gonna come so I never invite anybody to come and then I do my show and there's no one in the audience and I'm like why didn't anybody come right <laughs> so I do yeah I do I do understand that feeling of why well, I suffer from I don't want to put anybody out so right I, yes you don't want to do get that yeah but I also feel like you got to do things that really um, give you a lot of creative um, energy. Yeah. You know, you have to do things like that that really inspire you. Just, I think your your daughter will love to see the best part of you, and if that means you have to go to go to flappers, you know, once a month or twice a month, then you have to do it. Yeah, I just I need to like kick myself in the ass and just get out, just do it, and do it more regularly because like doing it so randomly and infrequently, I feel like <clears throat> it's not you know what as else? helpful. I, I always just write stuff down that I think are funny so yeah. that I can incorporate it into something later. Like the other day I had a conversation with someone that was so asinine. <laughs> like I was out with my kids and this woman was trying to c- kind of like give me some insight on parenting. So I said, Oh, or, you know, how many kids do you have? And she said, Oh no, I'm not, I don't have any kids, but I'm, but I'm an aunt. Oh, shut up. What an (laughs) asshole to say. I mean, I'm not going to go down to an air show, stand next to a veteran and say, you know, strike up a conversation. They're not going to say, oh, so you were in the air force too. Well, no, but I've seen Top Gun. (laughs) It's like, that's not the same thing, you idiot. It's like, okay, see, I was thinking about that, that same thing too the other day, because remember all the stuff with Harambee, the gorilla um yes, at the yeah. zoo. all right. of a sudden everybody was a parent and knows how to parent better and would never have let that happen and blah 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 and I'm like you jerk offs have obviously never spent a lot of time around a two or three year old those suckers are fast and they'll dart away whether you I mean and you can't like hold on to them 24 mm-hmm. 7 um so, yeah, but suddenly everybody was an armchair quarterback parent, you know, with their thoughts and opinions on, on parenting and it's really annoying, but that's gross. I can't believe somebody said that to you. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, okay, dial it, dial it back a little bit. Dial it down lady. Like, um, have, you, have you ever been a Marine? No, but I've seen American sniper. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's so funny that people think that it is that they can comment. I know. I know it's ugh, so gross. Um, so speaking of your writing and stuff, tell me how, um, now you wrote a book, right? How did that come about? And when, when did you find time to squeeze in all the writing? I had this idea years ago. Well, I have, I've have four children, so I'm pregnant all the time. <laughs> I've been pregnant nonstop. So I think pregnancy is hilarious. So I just started collecting quotes from people about the weird things that happen when you're pregnant. And I compiled them into a book as a, for like a gift for someone who's pregnant or, um, you know, anybody who's even been pregnant would enjoy it. But it just is a collection of really funny things that I've 
had people send me or I've overheard for years. Like, you know, it always starts with, you know, you are pregnant. So, you know, you're pregnant when you go to Costco to get a refrigerator, but you come home with three pizzas. (laughs) That's stuff that only happens when you're pregnant. You know, you're pregnant when you keep a one pound bag of Skittles under the, your car seat or like, it's just random things. (laughs) And then I have a girlfriend who's older than me, and she said, you need to write another book called You Know You're Going Through Menopause When. Oh, Lord. And so I'm also working on a book now called You Know You Are a Parent When. So I am collecting quotes if anybody wants to send me quotes if they want to be in the book. I want to be in the book. I will send you quotes. Awesome. Um, I love that so much. And uh, that's so true. (laughs) A lot of what you're saying is true. There's something very different about the world suddenly when you're pregnant. And what's funny to me is how people treat you. Like for me, everyone was super nice when I was pregnant. Oh, let me get the door for you. And oh, can I help you to your car? And you know, and those kinds of things. And I was like, this is great. People give you presents. Um, They want to throw parties for you. It was magical. Then after I had my baby, it was like, get out of the way. They pushed my stroller you know, down to get past me. And I was just like, what's going on? It's like, I feel like that happens the moment the baby leaves your vagina. Why? Why does that happen? Because no one cares anymore. It's not like you're this, like carrying this like special package in your UPS pocket. You're done. So now it's all about the baby. So my, I encourage women currently pregnant to milk this period. You can, it will end and it's going to end before you leave the hospital. That's it. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with brides, like brides who are people who are getting married are just like, oh, everyone's so in love with me and, and my wedding. And it's the most important thing. And I'm like, no, no, you've got about a few months left on this on this exactly. ticket to ride. And then but it's I all over. I feel like the, per- the woman that's so annoying about her wedding is also going to be the same woman who's annoying about her baby. Like mm-hmm. you are not the first person to give birth to a baby. Yeah. I know that yeah. may become a shock to you, but it is. So like there's, there's a certain amount of time or a way you can enjoy it and, you know, talk about it, but you don't overstay your welcome. I was a complete asshole when I had my baby. I was like, I don't know if you know everybody, but I've just birthed perfection. Um, and I owned my assholeness though. I was like, listen, I know I'm going to be a jerk about this. Let's all just embrace it and move on. Um, I think I've toned it down a little bit since then. Now I'm more annoying, like with my Instagram post of like, look how much fun we had today, uh, on all of our it's adventures. Too, it, it, I think it'll, if you guys have another child, it, that might change because <laughs> you just don't have, the um, energy. The energy. Yeah. It's like every child, I was the third of four kids and I think there are maybe four baby photos of me in existence. And I always was annoyed by that, but now I get it. It's it's like, excuse me, where are all my pictures? Yeah, no, I think there is something to that. Being the firstborn, you definitely do get a lot more of the attention. She's probably going to be our first and only, like, I think we're one and done toot it and boot it situation here (laughs) like we're done I think we're done she wears me out I had not anticipated being a stay-at-home mom that was not my goal it's what ended up happening um you know obviously I do other things but I'm mostly here for her and it's exhausting it's exhausting I get it I know you do I know I get it because you know it is basically a 24 7 you know 365 day job. Yeah. It never 
ends. Like even when you're laying awake at night, you know, you're thinking about, you know, school applications and vaccinations and play how, dates. How old are your kids now? What are their age? What is their age ranges? Uh, seven, almost five, three, and just turned one. Ooh. So I basically had a kid more or less every two years. So now I'm itching for another one. Are you really? Get out of here. I know. My are you Mormon? Logical problems. I'm not. I'm not Mormon. I'm not Catholic. I'm an Episcopalian baby hoarder. <laughs> That should that should be your Twitter bio. <laughs> uh, also, Mormons, please don't send me tweets and emails. I don't mean anything by it. I just I have a friend who. No, but that's true. I've written about that. I have an article written that oh, I said I'm a, I'm a baby hoarder. But it's true because people assume that when you have you're Orthodox or you're Catholic or you're Mormon. But no, I just really like having children, and I'm really into being pregnant. And I get How sad big was when. Your family? Family? Um, four kids, but two of my sisters are half sisters and we're, we have a big age gap. So, you know, it wasn't like we were all in the same house at the same time. Right. So, um, my kids are really close in age, so it's just a totally different dynamic. But I, I, you know, I, I think that, uh, for my husband and I, we chose to have a big family and it just, it works for us. I, we like the dynamic of a lot of kids in the house, but I completely respect and understand people who only want to have one. I mean, it's just, you know, you're going to have a much quieter house than mine. But I feel like I'm I, I'm, I'm the kind of person that I will always have a million people coming in and out of the house. Yeah. So we if you're a, a quiet person, you would hate living with me. I have a, I have a, we have a quiet house. I mean, we always have like music playing or Channing's always playing with something. But I will tell you it's exhausting in that she doesn't have any other playmates. Like it's literally just me or Chris all the Which time. Which is, I, I always say to people, I think the hardest thing is to have one child because mm -hmm. you are the sole entertainment for your child yes. nonstop. And when you only have one child, you overthink everything. Because when I had one, I would say to my older sister, you know, I just feel like she didn't get enough stimulation today. And she would say, <laughs> she gets stimulation from the world. You need to relax. So yeah. then I realized that the more kids I have, it's actually great because I don't have to play with them anymore. Yeah, that's what all my friends with multiples say. They're like, listen, you, you know, you got to give her a playmate. And I'm like, I'm not having another child just so she can have a buddy. But there have been times where I'm like, you know what, that's not a bad idea because I have stuff I need to do and she's bugging me. <laughs> and it really, I, I have to say it's nice because, you know, I don't have to sit on the ground with them anymore. And to be quite honest, we don't really have much in common with our children anyway. I mean, they've <laughs> yeah, never been yeah. to Las Vegas. They don't pay taxes. They don't watch the same shows that we watch. Yeah, do they if watch they, the reality shows? What the hell? No, they don't. So we have nothing in common with them. Um, and I, by the way, guys, I'm not that fun. I can't, you know, I can't recognize, you know, rock star Barbie in a lineup. I don't know who she is. <laughs> so find someone else to play with. I was watching one time um, Botched and with Channing in the room and Chris comes in. He's like, what are you? He's like, what are you watching with her? And I was like, we're watching Botched. And he's like, okay, they're like ripping people's faces off and showing <laughs> deformed boobs. And I'm like, listen. She's in LA. She's going to learn about this at some point. So we might as well teach her about I it now. I feel like I am you and my, your husband is my husband because <laughs> I mean, my husband would say, and I just feel like, 
well, you know, this is life. I don't know. Like I listen to Howard Stern in my car, so I'm not really the exemplary example. I do too. Like, li- listen, I do too. I listen to stuff that is so inappropriate. Like, aside from like podcasts where there's lots of swearing, I listen to a lot of like NPR because I'm a huge news nerd like that. Um, and the other day, Channing had fallen asleep in her car seat because we were going to Godforsaken santa monica which is so far away right and there was some news story on about prisoners locked up in the cages and they were like animals and all this stuff and she woke up and goes mommy why are there animals in the cages why do they put people in cages and i was like oh god like i'm sorry i I forgot you were here Oh, whoops. Sorry. <laughs> Hope you don't have nightmares. I know. I was like, it's pretend. And so I'm like quickly like finding something, you know, Justin bieber or something. Um, but yeah, they absorb so much. So I try to be a little cognizant of that. But also it is the world we live in. Reality TV is real, right? It's so good, though. I just love it. I feel like we're all anthropologists. Yes. You yes. know, I do think, though, um, there was a lot of there's a lot of discussion this week in terms of real housewives of orange County, that the, the the series got a little dark this season. And then in the last week, there's been so much, there are these like secret Facebook groups where they talk about shows, but they're really vicious. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that I, I long for the days when it was just like, you know, just light, funny conversation. I don't like the shows where it gets too dark. Where they start like slapping each other around and calling each other like whore and bitch and stuff like that. Or they like, like they they look up old police records where there's abuse or, you know, I just like playing too dirty, like finding old text messages, you know, does talk it? about people's affairs it's like eh, it's not so funny i like i for me when i write a recap it's the observations i make about people yeah. and if anybody ever get, got offended which they really don't most people get a kick out of it they shouldn't get offended if i write a recap because i find that totally flattering mm-hmm. or maybe i have problems too but if i'm i'm paying attention to every quirk you have and i'm writing additional conversations you didn't have based on my assessment of your personality so it should be funny it's like being roasted by your sister right they get aspects of your personality but when it gets too vicious it's kind of like that's a bummer does it bother you at all when the bubble of reality TV is burst in that you know that there's producers who are progressing a storyline along or they have yeah. scenes that are set up? Does that bother you or would you rather prefer to just think everything is roses and sunshine? Mm. Is real in reality. Yeah, I don't like it too much. If it, like uh, sometimes I took a break, break a couple of years from real or what is it called? Uh, real Houses of Atlanta mm-hmm. because I felt like that became too much of what I call a telenovela. Mm-hmm. Totally it's staged. It's just, like it's a turnoff for me. So there are definitely some shows where I don't watch them because it's just too phony. Um, marriage boot camp. That one is just too much for me. Um, I feel that way about catching Kelsey. I know we talked about it briefly. I, on know, your yeah. Yeah. I feel like catching Kelsey is very canned and like, okay, now you guys go over to by the pool and fight. <laughs> and then I had a girl from that season on the one Anika who yeah, was yeah. really, really nice. So she came in and she said it, it basically, it seemed like she felt like she, got thrown into the middle of a tornado. Oh, sure. 
yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's just, has just has been like a strange, strange experience. So, but also she auditioned for that show. Like all of these shows, they're not random girls. And see, this is where for me, yeah. like dating shows and shows like that are, uh, are frustrating because I have friends who cast reality TV shows and cast shows like that. So they look for certain personality types and wackadoo and the people who are going to stir the pot and all of that. And, um, that's what bugs me is that part of it. It's like, none of them are real. You know, you were put on this show to play, to fill a certain spot. I still love like big brother. I still love big brother. I will watch the shit out of some big brother. Even though I know they're all specifically put in there to be the sassy gay, the angry black person, the quiet Asian, you know, whatever, whatever their archetype is that they're filling. Um, I'll still watch it. But, uh, I think that another thing that I really hate is when people uh, overproduce themselves or they're pitching their like their trinkets too much on a program. Oh, like like like, like Captain new- Kelsey, that girl said, "Hi, I just want to make sure you understand. I'm a big deal on the internet. I've got a YouTube <laughs> page. I've got a beauty brand. You know, it's like." Uh, hang on, you're on a dating show on the Eve Network. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right, or exactly. There was a housewife in Orange County that sold cuffs, and maybe she sold eight at a flea market. I mean, she was by no means Tory Burch, but <laughs> the way she projected herself, like I'm a big deal. I'm an accessories mogul. Yeah, I that's, that's beyond annoying to me, and I blame you know in some parts Bethany Frankel for that because oh, totally. everyone wants to be another version of her. Of course, she's probably slamming her head against a wall too, right? Do you think? Because I think I mean she's making a lot of money. She's made a name yeah. for herself. She has to film scenes with people like Sonia Morgan who say, you know, I've got a Bojangles and bracelet line and she's got like one a, one lady making a one shoulder dress for the online order and they get, you know, sent out from some hole in the wall apartment in Poughkeepsie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is not, you cannot compare the two things. So I think Bethany gets annoyed when people compare themselves to her when th- if they took their product to Shark Tank, they would, you know, be told like, Get out of here. Get rid of your hobby. Uh, <laughs> you know, take your trinkets elsewhere. One of so, the things sure. uh, one of the things I forgot to tell you when we were on your show is that I um I used to work for uh KTLA News here in LA and one of the guests we had on the show one morning was the Countess. <gasps> Give it to me. I want to and, know Give <laughs> a detail out. It was when she was releasing her album. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And she sang that song, Money Can't well, Buy You Class. She doesn't sing. She talks. Oh, if yeah. Song, it's just talking. I just want you, like, I don't know if you heard her sing this song, but it's Money Can't Buy You Class. And it was so bad that it sort of became the butt of the joke in the newsroom. Like, if somebody, you know, messed something up or, like, somebody just, like, shit the bed pretty hard, it was always, well, m- money can't buy you class. Oh, my God. And they would play it over the loudspeaker. Um, I can talk about this now because I don't work there anymore. Suckers. But they would play it over the loudspeaker, like, as a joke. Like, it was so bad. It was so uncomfortably bad, like, to listen I love- to. But yeah, she and she was like really committed to it too when she came on and sang. It's she's a, she's an enigma to me. Yeah, Wrap, wrapped in fourteen uh, karat gold. Right. 
she, I, I find, I see a lot of the women that have been on these shows for years. I just get tired of them. Mm-hmm. I feel like I know your storyline. You can't make, and I'm sure there's a lot of pressure at the beginning of the season. Okay. What four storylines can we have for you this season? Like yeah. what can we expect from you? And I'm sure they stress out about what they can talk about. You I'm know? sure they do, but that, you know, they've all got great producers they've all got really good producers story editors people who are driving the story along to make these characters that they've cast and invested into to seem interesting and there's a like a very jaded part of me that's like oh this is all fake and bs and why does everyone buy into it but you know but then i sit there and i watch the kardashians like a crazy person going oh come on (laughs) and you know this this robbery storyline they're gonna if somebody followed you, like if they were like, oh. okay, Kate, what do we have going on today? All right. Uh, listen, prepare yourself. You might <laughs> shit your pants when I tell you this, but we're going to go to CVS and I'm going to go get some tampons. I know it's going to be amazing. It's like, I don't have that excitement in life. They can't either. They must have to yeah. come up with stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure a lot of it is super boring. And also like how many times can we watch them, you know, go to a party or how many times can we watch them talk on the phone or, you know, it's just, even that stuff gets really, really boring after a while peeking into the lives of wealthy and famous people. Um, I also also cannot relate now in in the old days, (laughs) the old days in the first seasons of real housewives of orange County, they wore horrible clothing and they didn't have much makeup on and they had terrible hair as a lot of women. I say this because I live in orange County. A lot of women do yeah, wear, yeah. still wear those sky tops and they'll have like their tits hanging out, Yeah, which is Why totally is normal. That? But now Why? I, I think it's because like somebody, someone told me like 92% of women here get implants. Yeah. I've read that too. Bizarre to me. So I think that they buy them and then they want to show them off. Yeah. Now yeah. me, I'm from Philadelphia, so I want nothing more than to hide them, to tape them up and to <laughs> keep them compressed underneath clothing. So I don't relate to that. But I think that um, it's kind of a bummer now when you watch these shows because women, and it's especially, you know, women that are over 40 with, they may, may have had like face transformations, but oh. they most certainly have eyelash extensions and women's long hair extensions. I'm sorry. It's not acceptable when you're over 40 years old, it should not be done. And you know, spray tans and, and the like four layers of makeup and you know, the spanks and the dresses, it's like, you know, why can't you just wear some like, you know, jeggings and some flat shoes and call it a day. I think because I I don't know if they just feel pressure because their friend is doing it so they want to do it too and then it starts like this like group peer pressure of women and moms but some of the ladies from the orange especially orange county housewives look like completely different people you know they don't they don't even their faces are not the same their bodies are not the same like i just it's so strange to me like maybe they're feeling pressure from producers i don't know I, don't know. I feel like it. I, I think that they go on the show and then people tell you how horrible looking you are. Oh, and sure. You, so on social media and stuff? Yeah, so you start tweaking and then you don't stop. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It, here's the thing, though. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 40 in April. Like, I have, have I can talk, four children. So, I mean, if I were on a show, I would just feel like, listen. I'm I'm not going to be a bikini model anytime soon. Like that ship sailed. So you can accept what you see or you can turn the channel. I just wish that more women felt confident enough to do that. But when you're talking about so much money on the line, 
so much uh, celebrity power and influence. As Since I started doing this podcast, I've sort of been like dipping my toe in the world of like mommy bloggers and mom podcasters and all of that stuff. And there is a power and influence that comes with being a reality, you know, being a reality show star. And they don't want to lose that. And if they have to get a little Botoxy Toxy to keep it, you know, like they'll do it or a breast lift, whatever. So... I think it's the how think, how you know, strong I, your desire like is. A little tweaker there is fine to make yourself feel better, but when it becomes a complete facial transformation, yeah, you know, it, it, then you need to you know chiggity check yourself. But I would, I do think it would be hilarious if there were a show. Tell your reality friends that I think this would be a great show. If you just showed normal people in just one show, I'm not saying we're setting a trend, but we could be. <laughs> Just like normal girls without all of the work done. So people had a a much more realistic perspective of TV. We could still make it very funny and realistic, but the problem with all these shows is that they want them to be almost aspirational. And I just don't think if you're, you know, between the ages of 32 and 50 that anybody has all the time and energy to put into the looking that way, unless your last name is Kardashian. Right. Yeah, exactly. I just don't know that anybody would watch that show. I think people are so used to seeing the sexy, you know, overly sexed up, overly faked, you know, reality show stars that we see. Now I will say like, I I will also watch um, Biggest Loser. I will watch those, you know, Chunkamunkas work out and I will sit on my couch with my Reese's peanut butter cup and just be like, you go girl. Yeah. But I feel like those shows are horrible too, because they don't, they like deprive them. Yeah. Like they, they get put on like a 500 calorie a day diet and then they have to exercise for like eight hours a day. That's insane. That's insane. It is insane, but they look so skinny at the end. Okay, and then I like three weeks after the show, cut to them sitting in a closet eating five Subway sandwiches <laughs> because they've been starving themselves, and then they have a heart attack because their body can't take it. I know. Uh, did you see that one lady is suing, or that she was like suing the producers of the show because she gained all her weight back and she blamed the show? Okay, I, well, know. <laughs> I know. I was like, okay. Um, well, listen, I am so impressed with your knowledge of reality TV. Uh, I think I told you that on your show too. I was, I was a little intimidated cause you, you know, so much about reality TV and it's really impressive. And I loved listen, being on your show. People, it was great. Some people have, you know, skills in life that, you know, they're engineers, they're skilled in the, you know, the arts. And I just know a lot about reality TV. You do. And comedy and being a veteran. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And being a Marine, apparently. No. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, Well, uh, well, thank you for coming on my show. Tell everybody really quickly where we can find your show and follow you on the social media. Okay. So my show is called the, or it's called reality life with Kate Casey on Android um, or on Stitcher, iTunes, and my website is www.loveandknuckles.com. I do television recaps and a lot of parenting funny humor on Twitter at Kate Casey, Instagram, Kate Casey CA. I'll do like, I do funny um, celebrity parody pictures. 
And then um, I've seen them. They're great. They're great. Snapchats, Love and Knuckles. And Facebook, my Facebook page is great too. And that's uh, Love and Knuckles. I need to follow you on the snaps. I enjoy the Snapchat. Do you? I don't, it's like a love and hate relationship for me, but most of the stuff on love or on uh, Snapchat, I make fun of my children. (laughs) I just like looking at myself. I'm like, Oh, look how glamorous I look with all of this, with this filter. I look amazing. I look so skinny. (laughs) I know. I know. It is good. Um, all right, everybody. Well, I'm going to put, uh, information and links, uh, for Kate's podcast and her website as well up on motherhood in Hollywood.com. And you guys can find me at MIH podcast on Twitter or at Heather Brooker and also motherhood in Hollywood on Instagram and Facebook. Kate, thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank you. You got it. Um, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Mama funny. Balls. <laughs>